welcome to the Connection Church Dublin Sermon Podcast. Our mission is to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus. One of the ways we do that is through the preaching of God's Word, centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's this week's message. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 1 through 7. The Lord said to Samuel, How long you grieve will you grieve over Saul? Since I have rejected him from being king over Israel, fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. And invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint for me whom I declare you. And Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him, trembling, and said, Do you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Let us pray. Gracious and heavenly Father, master and commander of all the universe, your hands placed the sun, moon, and stars. And as the psalmist says, Lord, all the nations you have made shall come before you and shall glorify your name. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit renew our minds and open and soften our hearts as we receive the word this morning. Lord, I pray for a double portion of your spirit through Pastor Buck as he delivers his word. Let him teach those who need to be taught rebuke those who need to be rebuked, correct those that need to be corrected, and train those who need training so that we, the church, as we leave today, go forward with strength and courage and our paths clearly lit. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, Jason. Well, good morning, everyone. Morning, man, I am pumped. Uh, Good to have you here. Uh, Man, what an incredible time of worship. Amen. Isn't it awesome that we serve a victorious king who fights our battles for us? Amen. And with that being said, man, God's been doing a great work in this body of Christ. I'm excited to celebrate this past week. We've seen three people uh, come to faith in Jesus for the first time. Church, if that don't get you excited, uh, we're missing it. We're missing it. And so in the midst of everything going on, I want you to know, man, God is still at work in this place. Amen. And the Bible says this in John 12, that if we will lift high the name of Jesus, he will draw all men unto himself. And so regardless of what's going on in the world, God is still on his throne. He's still good. He's still doing a good work. Amen. Amen. And so uh, we shared we're going to be in 1 Samuel 16 today in our series uh, entitled A Greater Story where we're looking at uh, how the Bible uh, points to Jesus ultimately and that we see pictures of him in each and every story uh, we read. And so what we're looking at today uh, is the anointing of King David. But to start out our time today, I want to talk about uh, a tube of toothpaste. And you're thinking, that's not the greatest start, but listen, stick with me. Uh, In toothpaste and And no judgment here, maybe you're a a twice-a-day 
kind of guy. I think all of us, if, if somebody asked us whether we're uh, brushing our teeth twice a day people, we're going to say we're twice a day people, right? For some of you one-timers, you get it in the morning, man, no judgment here for me, right? And some of us parents, that it's hard to get that thing in your kid's mouth. You're kind of get it when you get it kind of people. You know what I mean? But when I think about a tube of toothpaste, okay, really um, it can be crest and it looks very decorative uh, on the outside. It looks good and shiny. But we really don't know the contents of uh, that toothpaste until what? Until that tooth, tube of toothpaste is squeezed. And in that squeezing comes out the toothpaste, right? And, and with kids' toothpaste, man, you don't ever know what that thing's going to get. Bella, she's got some watermelon. It comes out like this puke green, man. I, I wouldn't put that in my mouth for nothing, right? But you really don't know the contents until um, it's squeezed. And so what I felt like the Lord had really put in my heart today to talk about um, is this squeezing that we feel in life. And what I mean by that is this, is when a tube of toothpaste is squeezed, you begin to see the contents of what's on the inside. Brother and sister, I want to ask you a question. As life squeezes us, what kind of contents come out of us, right? And I want to talk about that and the importance of um, really looking introspective of what's on the inside and what flows out of me when life seems to squeeze me. Maybe today um, the squeezing is financial, right? That there's a, a lot of question marks in your life. Maybe you got invited to church today and, um, and you come in with a difficult spot, a lot of question marks instead of periods uh, as it comes to your finances. Um, maybe for some today, there's a ton of job pressure, right? That there's a, a lot going on in your work that um, is just difficult. It's, it's squeezing. In fact, you, you feel like each and every week, I don't know if I can go back and do it again. For some of you, it may be school, that school that feels like the walls are, are, are pressing in and I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if, if I've got what it, what it takes to get through. Maybe for some it's relationships, difficulty um, in a relationship. Maybe um, it's marriage. Maybe you've been feeling the squeeze of, man, to keep going is going to be difficult. Or, man, this is just not going super well. Um, and then maybe some, let's take it a little deeper, um, you know, we're looking at this season and the difficulties of life. Like if you've turned on the TV, it doesn't it feel uh, like we're being squeezed again, right? Not only health-wise, politically, internationally, we begin to see the division again, the squeezing, the controversy over, um, should I get this? Should I do this? Are they lying to me? Is the government telling the truth? Can I trust them? Brother and sister, tell me I'm not alone in feeling this squeezing, Amen. As we feel the squeezing, what I want to know and what I want to encourage you with um, is this, okay? What I believe, what comes out of us when we're squeezed is directly linked to who our trust is in. Hear that again. What comes out of us when we're squeezed is directly linked to the one that we trust in. So as we've sing these, sang these songs today uh, about um, the battle belongs, and we've been talking about uh, victory we have in Jesus, well, what I want you to know is this. As we're squeezed, it becomes a great indicator of where uh, our trust is in. So that's really what um, today is going to be all about. And one thing I want you to know, as we talk about our squeezing, uh, one thing that the, the Bible teaches us about the body of Christ, did you know that the body of Christ, though it 
forms itself in units like here in this theater, but the body of Christ is a global body all around the world. And I would be remiss to, if we didn't take a moment to pray for our brothers and sisters in the Middle East right now um, who are suffering all sorts of uh, persecution and difficulty and a kind of squeezing uh, that we are pretty unfamiliar with here in our context. Amen. And the Bible says that the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. So if you would, will we take a second and just pray for our brothers as we hop in? Father, we love you. God, I pray for um, those that are being squeezed right now. God, are being squeezed in ways that, that we have a hard time understanding. God, brothers in the Middle East that, that put their life on the line to gather and worship in your name. And uh, God, I just pray for strength, for provision, for protection for them. And God, I pray that we would grieve well as the body of Christ, but God, we would also pray well. Because see, the same victory we pray and sing about is the same victory they have in Jesus, Lord. And they will see that victory um, either here, God, on the other side. But God, your victory is there. So God, I pray that strength over our brothers all around the globe. And God, I pray you would use this time well to strengthen us as we are squeezed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And so... uh, Talking about um, the contents and us being squeezed as an indicator of who we trust in. Really, the main thing I want to share today is this. We have to trust in the right king, okay? And I'm going to be sharing a story of three kings, and my encouragement is that you would see the correct king uh, to trust in. And so, as we look at uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16, I want to look in verse number 1. This is what it says. It says, Now the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned long enough for Saul, for I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find the man named Jesse who lived there. For I have selected one of his sons to be my king. And so what we see, number one, I want you to write this down. The first king, we're going to talk about the downfall of King Saul. And we see Samuel... And Samuel, he is a prophet of God's people, a a humble man, a man that's after the heart of God, a man who is faithful to God. We're going to see this throughout his ministry. And what a prophet is, is think about it sort of like a a priest or uh, maybe sort of like a preacher back then. But he uh, was a, a shepherd of God's people. He was a spiritual leader, right? And we see him grieved over the fall of Saul. But to kind of put you in the context of what happened to Saul, any of you guys remember the first time you got your full-time job? Does anybody remember that? Do you remember the first time you actually got a desk and they put your name on it and you were just, you were blown away, right? You guys remember that where you're like, man, I have arrived, right? And I don't care if you were like me, you were scrubbing dugouts at Lyons Recreation Department, Parton Park, if you will. Man, you couldn't tell me nothing. I got a name on my desk, right? And I was just humbled that someone would choose me to have like a desk, right? And what do we do in that job? We start out, we hustle, we get after it. Man, you couldn't have swept them dugouts no faster than your boy was sweeping them, right? We go into work, man, we're so humble, we're so hungry, we're, we want to honor our leaders that hired us, we want to do a good job, we're, we're hungry toward the mission. For some of you students or um, athletes, maybe the first time you came up on varsity and they gave you a varsity jersey, you're out there, you're out there doing your wind sprints, man, you're crushing them, right? You're back and forth, you're playing hard, no one's going to outplay you, man, you're going to get coach's um, approval, Um, you're out there getting after it, right? But what begins to happen over time? That humility begins to fade, and we begin to take ownership and this pride of, man, I kind of deserve this seat, right? 
or maybe we have success in our job or on the field, and we begin to believe in our own hype, and we forget the one that placed us there. Amen? And we just start believing in ourselves, and we start becoming angry and prideful when we aren't moving up. Or, or maybe we, we um, see others not working hard, so therefore we just don't work hard, and we become angry, we become bitter, and we become entitled. And then uh, we become uh, very much believing our own hype that, hey, I deserve this. And, and pride begins to sink in. Well, what I want you to know is this, is Saul, this is exactly what happened. It's kind of the same way with him. The Lord called him. He couldn't believe it. Man, he was just honored that he got to be king of Israel. And he started out with a humble heart. But I want you to know something. Leaders, workers, everyone in here. Many start out with a humble heart, but very few finish with a humble heart. Hear that again. And the Lord's trying to teach us something today about humility. And I'm going to explain this. But I want to share um, what happened with Saul. So Saul, uh, the way he got anointed king... God was the, the God of Israel. They looked to him. They worshiped him. If you'll remember, last week we talked about Joshua establishing God's people in the promised land. And so um, they began to worship God. And, and after Joshua, the, the nation kind of takes a downturn. But then God gives them a good prophet, a true prophet, Samuel. And under Samuel, we begin to see God's people kind of be restored back to God. But then something happens. Instead of being satisfied with Samuel, instead of being satisfied with God as their king, they began to look to other nations, right? You ever, you ever felt that way? You kind of get dissatisfied. Instead of looking and being content with what we have, we begin to look at what others have, right? None, none of y'all struggle with that, right? No. I know Pinterest works on your phone like it does my family's, right? But listen... They began to look to other nations, and what other nations had, they had strong kings, look, good-looking kings, tall people, ferocious warriors. And what they began to say is, God, we need one of them, right? God, we, we need a king. Lord, give us a king. All these other nations are, are looking so awesome. They need a king. God, we need a king. We need a king. And what God does is he finally tells Samuel, hey, I'm going to give you guys what you want. And so I would say it like this. Saul is the people's choice. Amen. Wasn't that like a WWF thing? You could be the people's champ, right? Well, he's the people's choice. And so God anoints Saul. And again, Saul does great uh, on the front end. But Saul is also very tall, very dark, very handsome. Got some Marlon Brando going on, all right? He, he looks kingly. He, he is someone that people would naturally follow. He, he's, he's tough looking. He's good. And, and, and listen, what we're going to learn in this um, is God anointed this tall, dark, handsome outward appearance, good-looking king, is this, that in the selection of Saul, we see that the people of Israel weren't concerned about the heart of the man, but they were concerned about the appearance of the man. Hear that again. They were concerned about the outward appearance of the man, very little concern about the inward part of the man. And remember, we learn what people are when people are squeezed, and the inner part of the person begins to come out. Amen? And so we're going to see this happen in this passage. And so um, he's anointed by God. He's got God's favor, God's blessing. I want to read 1 Samuel 12, 14. It'll be on the screen. This is what it says. And this is what he gives Saul to do. He says, now, if you fear and worship the Lord and listen to his voice. You guys remember, we talked about it. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We can't obey God until we revere him and see him for who he is. If you'll fear him, worship him, and then listen, and listen to his voice. And I just want you to know, this has been in my heart. I believe God wants to speak to you today. If we would have ears to hear, 
And he says, if you'll listen to his voice, and if you do not rebel against the Lord's commands, then both you and your king will show that you recognize the Lord as your God. And so, as he started out, we begin to see this humility, this start. But as Saul is squeezed, we're going to see some things begin to be revealed in his heart. That even though the posture was humble, the outward appearance was good, as he's squeezed, we're going to see that his inside is full of pride, full of jealousy, full of fear, and full of selfish ambition. Turn with me to 1 Samuel 15. Um, this, this passage of Scripture um, has always been a gripping one to me. This has always been super important to me because I don't want to become what happened to Saul. Right? Like he was the anointed king. He, he had God's blessing and favor. He started out well. But what began to happen over time is he began to take little concessions. Instead of obeying the Lord fully, hearing his voice, he began to do the 90%. You guys familiar with the 90%? Y'all, y'all familiar with doing something, doing a job about 90% of what needs to be done? Like if you need to go do landscaping, man, you'll, you'll, you'll cut the yard, but then, man, the flower bed gets left, and it's like, man, bump that, I'm out, right? And when God gives us a full picture of something to go do, and so what he begins to do is to take shortcuts. And so I'm going to read in verse 10 when he is rejected as king. It says, Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am sorry that I ever made Saul king, for he has not been loyal to me and has refused to obey my command. Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night. Early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul. Someone told him, Saul went to the town of Carmel to set up a monument to himself. Then he went on to Gilgal. So what do we see? When Samuel's away, Saul is setting up monuments for himself. He's beginning to believe in his own hype. He's beginning to trust in his own power. He's beginning to take the the favor of God, the the blessing of God for granted, and he begins to believe in his own hype. And he says, verse 13, When Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. And may the Lord bless you, he said. I have carried out the Lord's command. And let me share this. He thought he was doing right. He thought he was good with God. Because see, what God sent him to do is to wipe out the enemies of God, to do the job. But instead of doing the job God had given him to do, he left the best of cattle, he left the king, and he went and set up a monument for himself. He did it 90% right, but he omitted obeying the Lord. He omitted obeying faithfully, completely what the Lord had told him to do, right? And he just, he glazed over that part. Don't we all have that? I know I have that in me. I can make myself believe that I'm 100% right when I'm about 80%, I'm missing it, right? Does anybody else have that about you where you know you can glaze over the part that you know you're disobedient and really pump up the area of like, hey, look what I did, right? But see, what God wanted was obedience. And so he's cheerful. He's like, man, we're good. Now, verse 14, it says, then what is all the bleeding of sheep And the goats and the lowing of cattle, I hear, Samuel demanded. It's true that the army spared the best of the sheep and goats and cattle. He's saying, you're right. Like, okay, I haven't, I didn't, I didn't wipe them out like God said. And it says this, but they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord, your God. We have destroyed everything else. Then Samuel said to Saul, stop, listen to what the Lord told me last night. What did he tell you, Saul asked. And Samuel told him, although you may think little of yourself, Are you not 
the leader of the tribes of Israel. And I, I want to make a plug right there. Um, listen to this. If you're taking notes, write this down. Fear of man will prove to be a snare. Fear of man will prove to be a snare. He says, though you may think little of yourself. What he's saying is, you caved in to what the people wanted. See, his army wanted to sacrifice these goats and sheep, and he, they wanted them for themselves. They're like, hey, we just won this battle. Uh, give, us, give us these sheep and cattle. Let's, let's do this for ourselves. And what became uh, the choice is, am I going to give in to what the people want, or am I going to honor what God wants, right? And I'm going to tell you, I know uh, as a preacher, this is something we encounter all the time, right? And what we see in this is that Saul forgot who he was. He was the anointed king, and that God had placed him on the seat. And what was soul is that he would obey the voice of the Lord and carry out his commands. But he gave way to the fear of his men. And he says, you may think little of yourself. In other words, man, you, you, you need to be faithful and see yourself as you are the king, you are the leader. And it says, the Lord has anointed you king, verse 18, and the Lord sent you on a mission. And he told you, go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they're all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do what is evil in the Lord's sight? But then he says this, but I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everything else, everyone else. Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep and the cattle and the plunder to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. And what he's saying is he's compromising with God, right? He's saying, well, I've, I've, I've done a lot of it. Like, I have obeyed. And this is what is so good, man. But Samuel replied, when, when I say good, I mean convicting for me, right? All right, so listen. What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than the offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as simple as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Wow. So what do we learn here? Okay, I want you to take this down with you. To obey is better than sacrifice. What that means is, is when the Lord calls us to something, I know a lot of times when he calls me to something, it's not comfortable. When I got saved, it was not comfortable to admit to my parents and everyone else that I was a lost sinner in need of a Savior, right? I had grown up in church, and, and I remember thinking, I knew the Lord was calling me to obey, to make it public, to get baptized and to follow Jesus. But, but I, I said, Lord, I'll, I'll run from that obedience and I'm just going to do a lot of good works. I'll sacrifice. God, I'll quit looking at stuff I know I'm not supposed to look at. God, I'll, I'll quit being so mean to my, my girlfriend. And, and God, I'll quit talking bad about people. I'll quit gossiping. Lord, I'm going to sacrifice so that maybe I'll be good with you. But what we begin to learn is this. The Lord says it's better to obey than to sacrifice. And see, what we see is the, really the rest of Saul's time, because he failed to obey, is that he never repented, never humbled himself, and really for the rest of his journey, he's seeking the approval of men, he's prideful, he's, he's trusting only in his own hype, and that it started small, but he outright ended up rejecting the Lord. We see that he was jealous. We're going to learn that he actually tried to kill the next king, Right? He, he tried to kill a servant because he was afraid of, his, of that threat to his power. And we're going to see selfish ambition for the rest of the time. Saul was all about himself. 
But do you see how it started so subtly, right? And so what do we learn here? We learn that the people's choice has failed. Remember, we're talking about who we need to trust in so that we are going to be about the right things on the inside. And the people's choice failed. He believed in his own hype. He didn't walk by faith. He was gripped by fear and selfish ambition. And listen, this is what I want you to know. You remember Samuel was grieved. The people's choice had failed. The one they thought was going to be it, they failed. You know, it's so devastating in spiritual leadership when men fall. But I want you to know something. God will never allow his work to die with the death or failure of a man. Hear that again. God will never allow his work to die with the death or the failure of a man. And so we see a sad story here with Saul, but there's better news coming. But I want to apply some things to our life. Star highlight, fear of man will prove to be a snare. If it's the fear of what people think that keep you from taking your next step, man, you're going to be on the fence living in bondage for a lot of this life as it comes to the faith. The second thing, The Bible says in 1 Peter 5 that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble, right? That we begin to see that when we don't humble ourselves before the Lord, as uh, Saul began uh, to, to cease to do, we see that God actually brought opposition against his work, right? But he says that he gives grace to the humble. That means unmerited favor, that God acts on behalf of those that are humbled before him, that are hearing his voice. He fights for us. And so this is what we see in Saul, pride, fear, jealousy, selfish ambition. Now I want to bring it to our seats today. When we're squeezed, what's coming out of us that we need to deal with? Hear that again. When we're squeezed in our life, what is coming out of us that we need to deal with? Um, Is it fear of man? Is it pride? Is it jealousy? Right? And what God is wanting to show us is this, is that um, he wants to take those things and he wants to give us something better on the inside than what we've been trusting in. Let's move forward. The second thing I want you to see in this passage, go back to 1 Samuel 16, uh, is the selection of King David. The selection of King David. Look with me in verse 6. But before we do that, how many of us enjoy a good hero story, a good underdog, right? Is that anybody here today? You can't tell me when you watch that movie Miracle, when them bunch of college kids beat the Russians, you aren't teared up like crazy, man. If you ain't, man, I I question your soul. Listen, we love, we love an underdog story. Man, we love to see someone who, who is against the ropes, no one believes in them, and they go, right? Every time I watch Rudy, man, when he gets lifted up, man, I'm a mess, right? Like, I'll watch The Notebook, and, and, and man, I ain't going to move, but, man, you, you show me Rudy, I'm a baby, right? Maybe it's because I'm 5'7". But anyway, um, that being said, we, we all love a good hero story. Well, second thing, I want to show you the selection of King David. Starting in verse 6. It says, When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, Surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see. People judge the outward appearance. They judge the tube of the toothpaste. But what? But the Lord looks at the heart. He looks at the contents. And so then Jesse told his son Abinadab to step forward, to walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shemaiah. But Samuel said, neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were present to Sam, presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, Are these all the sons you have? 
There is still the youngest, Jesse replied. But he's out in the fields watching the sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil and he had brought, that he had brought and anointed David with oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. So why did, David, why did God select David? Right? Now David was a, a smaller guy. He was the youngest of the family, the eighth son. Um, it says that he was uh, good in feature, but what I want to show you is that David actually was not the person that would be uh, picked by the world's standards. Number one, David was the youngest. In that culture, man, if you were the baby, you weren't like coddled up against. You get what I'm saying? Like you were the guy doing what David was called to do. He was out in the, the fields, and he was of low esteem. Secondly, David was a shepherd of sheep. This was like the lowest of low. Right, like, like affluent people had servants that would go out and take care of the sheep. So David was not affluent. The family was not affluent. The, the house of Jesse was not an affluent place. In other words, he wouldn't have had a $2 million house on the lake. You guys with me? He's not affluent. Thirdly, what I want to show you is this. We're going to learn why God selected David. Because, see, when David was out there uh, shepherding the sheep, he was out in creation. He began to spend time with his God. He began to learn his God. He began to know God. And then number four, why he did that, keeping sheep created a shepherd in David. Hear that again. Keeping sheep created a shepherd in David. So uh, how many of you guys today, do you feel stuck in your life? Is that anybody here today that you feel stuck maybe in between jobs, maybe you've gotten married, had a few kids, and you, you start asking, is this all there is to life? Maybe you feel dissatisfied in your job, dissatisfied in your marriage, maybe dissatisfied in your place in life. Is that anyone here today? Well, listen to this. He was the lowest of low that Jesse didn't even want to bring him towards Samuel. I know for me, I would be frustrated as rip that I have to sit out here with these stinking sheep all day. If you don't know what stinking means, you ain't been around those sheep, right? He had every opportunity to say, man, this is awful. This is no good. But see, shepherding wasn't David waiting to become king. It was training him to become king. Hear that again. In the very place where uh, he should have been frustrated that I need a better position. I need a better job. I need um, my, my spouse to do better for me. I need my kids to do better. And, and man, I just feel stuck. I need something better. Listen, David was faithful where he was. He wasn't consumed about where he thought he should be. Hear that again. David was faithful where he was in this season of life and wasn't constantly frustrated about where he thought he should be. I want to read Psalm 78, 70, and 72. I want to read this to you. It should be on the screen. Psalm 78, 70, and 72. If not, I'm going to read it to you real quick. But this is what God says. It says, He chose his servant David, calling him from the sheep pens. Verse 71. He took David from tending uh, ooze and, and, and uh, <clears throat> lambs and made him the shepherd of Jacob's descendants, God's own people, Israel. Verse 72. He cared for them with a true heart, 
right? No, not from the outside, wasn't trying to please people, wasn't trying to please his dad, but he cared for his sheep in the season he was in with a true heart, and he led with skillful hands. He wasn't waiting for something better. He was faithful where God had sent him now, right? He was faithful with what God was trying to teach him now. He was listening to God and being obedient now. I think many of us, we are waiting until we get past something, and then I'll obey God. Then I'll be faithful. Then I'll read. Then I'll, God, I know for me what kept me from walking in the power and the grace and the purpose of God in my life is I said, I'll do it later. When God is saying, brother and sister, he wants you to experience his love right now. We don't have to wait. He wants you to feel his love. Listen, those songs we sing about is God wanting to tell you if you'll let him, he is on your side in the midst of the craziness we walk out of this um, theater into that I'm with you, I'm for you. If you'll let me be and trust me, obey me, you'll see me go. And then we can begin to do some courageous things for the kingdom. Amen? While David was out there shepherding sheep, he learned to trust God in the midst of fear. Wouldn't you guys say this season, this is so easy for this to creep up? Amen? But see, what David did while he was out there in the field, he killed a lion and the bear protecting sheep, Right? He was faithful. He didn't run from the battle. He ran to the battle because he began to learn that the Lord was with him. He was learning to trust God. He was, he was a, a kind of king that was about the Lord's business and not his own. Didn't matter if he was a shepherd or a king the whole journey. David was about God's work. And you can read this in 1 Samuel 13, 14. But the reason God anointed David, ultimately, he was a man after God's own heart. Take this world away. Take the, the privileges of America away. Take all the things away, right? When it was just him and God, he was about God. He was a man after God's own heart, and God's favor and blessing came on him. And it says in, in verse 13 of chapter 16, it says that the Spirit of God came powerfully upon him. We talked about this last week. Did you know when we surrender, we trust God, when we have a, a heart to obey God, did you know that that same power that empowered David is the same power available to us today, right? That he is for us, he's with us and so we see that he was a man after God's own heart, and he was a man filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to see that when he was squeezed, God began to come out. Amen? So listen, being filled with the Spirit of God and being a man after God's own heart, this is not only the right combo to be the king of God's people, but it's the right combo to walk in power in the kingdom of God for you and me. Hear that again, that if we are filled with the Holy Spirit, that we are people after God's own heart, this is the combo to walk in power in these perilous times, church. You guys with me today? You hearing this? So I want to give some application here. God looks at the heart, not the appearance. When your heart is squeezed, what do you see, right? When we are squeezed, what are we seeing? Second thing, what do we learn from David? God wants availability, not ability. Right? That, that David was just a man that was faithful, that was surrendered, that put his yes on the table for God, where he was. And so if we will make ourselves available to God, if we will just say, man, and, and not play games with him, not put sacrifices over things, but no, if we will hear his voice today, I believe all of us, God wants to say something to us. I believe that. His word says that. 
And so maybe for some of you today, it's taking that next step. It's finally surrendering to the lordship of Jesus, right? To, to, to become a man or woman after his own heart, not playing games with God, but saying yes. Maybe for some, it's beginning to open the word and listen, learn how to listen to his voice. For some, it's to come to heart and soul and begin to say, Buck, I'm in with using my gifts in the church and I want to be a part of this body. Maybe for some, it's finally having the courage to invite someone to church. Maybe it's the courage to do that next thing, that person God's had on your heart. If they're on your heart, it's there for a reason. Amen? And God wants to use you to bring them. Third thing I want you to see and just ask a question. We see that the people's choice, man's ideas with Samuel, I'm sorry, Saul. We saw the downfall of Saul. We see the selection of David, who's going to be a good king. We're going to learn he's not a perfect king, but he's going to be a good king, a right king, a right man after God's own heart. But what we're also going to learn is he's not the ultimate king. And that this king, he's going to live a life, a crazy life, but he's going to die. And because he died, he has no ability to lead us faithfully, to give us the victory we need in life. He has no way to do that. But what we are going to see is a king that can. But before I talk about that king, I want to ask you a question. As life squeezes, tough decisions with our kids, tough decisions with our jobs, difficulties about how we're going to make decisions in these perilous times, who are we trusting in? I want to ask you that question. Right now, I want you to remove everything. Who do you trust in your inner man as you begin to make difficult decisions in this life, as we walk through these perilous times? Because, listen, it's getting real out there. It, it, we are being squeezed. And I think what we're learning, political parties are a, great, a, a terrible place to place our trust. Amen? Political leaders are a terrible place to trust in. Someone's going to come and have all the solutions to our problems. They're terrible kings. They weren't designed to be our king. Fox News was not designed to be the Holy Spirit. CNN was not designed to be the Holy Spirit. Listen, I want to bring it a step closer. And listen, this is, this is not a political statement, but I think what God is teaching us is even big-time doctors are not kings of our life. One way or the other, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, listen, ultimate trust is not going to be um, in, in those sorts of things. No, listen. And listen, it's not even going to be in leaders, no matter how good or great they may be. Great leaders are something we need in this time. They're a good gift of God's grace, but they make terrible gods. Because we see even in David, a man after God's own heart, he's still a man. He was a great king, but he was a man with failures. He hurt people. He let people down. He was in, unable to bring ultimate victory to God's people. He ran a good race, but he could not bring uh, uh, victory to God's people. And whatever you're trusting in today, this is what I want to encourage you. Trust in King Jesus. Take that down. Write that with you. My employment is to select the right king to place your, your worries, your fears, your doubts, your decisions, your insides to be reigned and ruled by the lordship of our king, Jesus. Because this is what I can tell you with absolute certainty in these uncertain times. When we will align our allegiance to King Jesus, he will give us victory not only from now but in the age to come for all eternity. For those that are under the lordship of Jesus, the worst things that could happen here are like a mist and a vapor from the ultimate things that are coming there. 
We're with him. One of the things God taught me, man, I'm telling you, when the virus first broke out and we all didn't know what to do, this is what the Lord spoke in my spirit. He, he asked me to pray, and, and this is what I brought to the Lord. I said, Lord, would you strengthen your church in these times? And I believe that's the squeezing. I believe what the Lord is doing is eliminating the places we place misplaced trust in. And I believe what he's wanting to do is to bring people to the reality that he is worthy of our trust. He is worthy of being Lord of our life. And I just want to say something today, okay? Maybe you're here today, and it's become apparent your whole life you trusted the wrong things. Maybe it's in your own good works, like Saul. You believed your own hype. I, I get that. That was me. Maybe it's in relationships that have failed you. Maybe it's in money that has let you down. Maybe it's in presidents and leaders that you learned, man, they didn't bring about what they said they would, right? Whatever that thing may be, what I want you to know is this, okay? Man, God loves you, and he wants to replace those things that have let you down and become Lord of your life, and he will never let you down. He's good. He's faithful. I'm telling you, I've lived life without him. I've lived life with him, and there's no comparison. When we surrender to him, man, we're, we're good. And so as we're squeezed with sickness, financially, worry, fear, we need Jesus now more than ever. Amen? And a strong church isn't a group of people, uh, full, isn't a church full of strong people. No, it's full of people that trust the Lord. That's what a strong church looks like. I pray for COVID. God, would you strengthen your church? I pray through these crazy times, Lord, would you strengthen your church? And maybe, just maybe today, the Holy Spirit wants to strengthen you in this season. Because see, the ultimate purpose of this story is not to be more like David, but to see that David points us to Jesus. And I just want to say today, as we get ready to close, if you've never made the decision to trust Jesus, would you trust King Jesus today? Would you allow him to change the contents on the inside from things that let us down? to have the contents that will lead to eternal life. So I want everyone to bow their heads, every head bowed, every eye closed. And if that's your prayer today, if you'd say, Buck, you're right, I, I've, I've ran from the voice of the Lord, I've heard him calling me. It's crazy I even ended up at this church. Uh, it, it's a wild story, but the reason you ended up here is because God wants you to know he loves you. And so if you'd like to receive Jesus as Lord, if you'd like to surrender so that all your battles, he can fight with you and give you ultimate victory. If you'd like to surrender your life to the Lord, I want you to pray this prayer right here at your seat. Say, Father God, I admit I'm a sinner. I admit you have not been Lord of my life, King of my heart. And Lord, right now in this moment, I pray in faith that you would become Lord of my life. I repent of my sin and I place my faith in you, Jesus. With every head bowed, if you would have the courage, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, would you just lift your hand? We just want to celebrate that. Amen. Thank you, Lord give you guys just a minute. Is there anyone else? 
you would be bold enough to say, yes, I trust you, Lord Jesus. I believe in you, Lord Jesus. I trust you. Amen. For the rest of us, Lord, I pray that we would respond and worship you in spirit and in truth and know that we have ultimate victory in you, Lord. God, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Connection Church Dublin Sermon Podcast. We pray that this message stirred your affections for Jesus. We would love for you to subscribe to the podcast and share it with others. For more information about our church and other resources, please visit ConnectionDublin.com.